This is Buck Benny speaking. I'm joined with my friend Jim and my friend Bob. And uh, we are so excited. I'm, I'm so excited to have them here. And I so wanted them to both be on this episode because um, this episode of Picard is like the probably the most classic episode in, the, in this whole series. And one of these timeless episodes that everyone will be referring to for years because it brings... Uh, a little mini reunion of the next generation cast, or at least part of it. And it just sucks so badly. That... <laughs> but it, it has Jonathan Frakes on it, uh, uh, playing, of course, Riker. And we have um, the character of Deanna Troy on it. Um, what's what's her name again? Anybody got it? Marina, Marina Sirtis. That's yeah. it. Marina Sirtis. Goodness. Um, and, uh, I used to have a signed picture of her on my wall uh, because she was the, the counselor on the Enterprise. And I almost got a job being the counselor in I'm the Federal Way School that was called, no, that we had a Federal Way School that they actually named after the Enterprise. And, and they had a big picture on the wall of the Enterprise. And I was thinking, boy, being the counselor on the Enterprise, that would be <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> so, and then having her picture on the wall, that would have been excellent. But anyway, not to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, and I'm at, I'm at a school called Goodman. So I'm going, oh, I'm a good man. It's, it's all good. So uh, there you go. Uh, anyway, the, um, back to the episode. So um, Jim, what are, what are your, were you, uh, you just mentioned it jokingly that it was a bad episode or whatever. What did you think of the episode overall? And what did you think of, of seeing uh, Marina Sirtis and, and Jonathan Frakes again? You know, I, I, I thought it was a nice kind of change of pace from from the main storyline because, you know, they they, you know, they've been pushing through the storyline and following the storyline. And so now they go here, which is just completely different, you know, and, and then they they have more they deal with a lot more other types of issues and, and things like that that really are not so much about advancing the storyline and, and, you know, catching up and things that people go through and loss and things like that. So it was a, it was a nice kind of diversion for, for a little bit, but it, you know, it still played into the storyline and stuff, but they were able to weave it in pretty, pretty well, I think. Well, it was exactly what uh, I couldn't imagine a better uh, episode for these two. If you're looking at it from an actor standpoint, I couldn't imagine a better episode for these two actors to be in where they, there's a lot of uh, emotional beats to it. It has, uh, it, as you say, it's a, it's a side episode. It's a breather sort of episode. And usually an episode that I would go, okay, they're just kind of, this is kind of a filler episode, whatever you want to call it. But it's done so well that it's not a filler episode. It, it, it becomes its own thing. And uh, I, I just... I'm delighted with this episode. It reminds me the most probably of the episode that follows right after in the same sort of, it's, it's interesting the echoes that this has because uh, best of both worlds where Picard becomes a Borg. Um, the episode right after that is called family. And that episode is about him and his brother and him going back to earth and on the vineyard with his brother and things. And it's a very um, intimate sort of, character piece much like this episode i think those two episodes are almost like sister episodes and the fact that it's he's again they're dealing with the borg again it's 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 been kind of a crazy set of uh episodes getting to this point and again i think the audience needs a little breather and this serves that, as that purpose really well uh, bob what are your thoughts on it yeah i enjoy this episode a lot it was really nice to see Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis again. Mm -hmm. And I think they did as good a job as they could do with that reunion and without making it cheesy. Yes. I think the one thing that I thought was, it wasn't really odd. The character, the Kestra character, which is their daughter. Yes. She's almost there just to 
allow you to get some access to Soji. Yes. Because she doesn't trust anybody. So without that character, they don't really have any dialogue from her, from her. So that, I don't know if that was, that character was existed before they just wrote it into this episode. I believe they just wrote it into the episode. Last time we saw Riker and Troy together, they, they had gotten married, I think in Nemesis or one of those later films, I think it was Nemesis. And, uh, then of course we haven't seen them since, and so now all of a sudden they have. We see that they had um, a, a child and uh, that passed away, and they, they deal with that throughout the, this episode. Um, they also um, and and just you know everybody knows going into this. Goodness sakes, I hope that we spoil the episodes as we go through them because we assume everybody's watched them. You don't listen to the show and then watch the episode. You watch the episode and listen to this. Um, anyway, the, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think um, the, the daughter, the uh, actress that playing the daughter does a really nice job and brings more out of Soji. And it gives, uh, it was just a well-written episode. They had those two compare up and have scenes together while we have scenes with, that we're really looking forward to even more, which are the scenes with Picard and Riker and Picard and Troy. Um, the other thing I noticed in this episode that I thought was really interesting is Star Trek's known for kind of certain color palettes and things that are, that are a lot of blues and a lot of reds and a lot of um, just certain color scheme sort of thing. And here it's all earth tones. Everything is, is, is browns and, and greens um, it just has a totally different look to the episode than most of the episodes we see. And it, and it makes it feel like a very earthy sort of comfort zone uh, feeling. And even down to things that the, the food that they're eating and the, uh, the fact that they use a, um, a pizza oven to make pizza and but, bunny corn pizza. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> well, you saw the you saw the bunny corn in the picture a little before they had the pizza. You had a little bunny there with this unicorn thing, and then later on they're talking about bunny corn sausage pizza, and it's like, oh, so they ate the little unicorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ate the little bunny corn. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, the after show uh, called Ready Room. Uh, that that is a, just a wonderful after show uh, that's hosted by Will Wheaton. He has uh, both uh, Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner on uh, this week. And if you don't watch any other Ready Room, I really suggest you watch that one. It's a very good um, Ready Room. Um, I'll bring bits of it after this, uh, after um, we're done talking, I'll bring bits of it so people can hear it and things. But uh just just a wonderful to hear those three actors together chatting about what it was like being on the show um this particular episode plus frank's talking about directing and data talking about um uh, uh well brent spiner talking about being the data character and, and what he did he can't he can't share too much about it because it's still in the progress of going through this season that they deal with his character in some ways, but need to hear them all chat. And Brent Spiner is such a funny guy. It's, it's fun, well, fun to hear them together. And with the makeup and CGI that they do these days, I was so surprised that he could play a convincing Soji. You know, <laughs> that you could not even tell that it was him in disguise. Yeah, I didn't know exactly why they brought him in. Cause he's not on the episode or anything like that. But I think it was just, that he was willing to do it. And they said, let's get the three of them together if we can do this. So this is great. And well, and, and, and going forward, I think you, you know, we're, we're going to see him more. Right. And, and, and so, you know, he, he is a, a, a decent part of the rest of the, right. Uh, the rest of the, the, well, and also we don't know when it was recorded and all that thing. It could be that he'd been filming Picard episodes. Right. And so then they just took him because he was on set and Frank's, could have been directing for all we know a future episode and they both just were both available and said, so let's do yeah. this. Um, that would not surprise me at all if that's how it came. Anyway, the reason I was talking about it is they do mention the bunny corn thing and, and talk about that a little bit, which is kind of funny and kind of fun. Um, uh, so uh, Bob, what, anything else on this episode that you're, that you were struck by or. Um, so we also have the Agnes. 
taken some basically what's poison. I think that's in this episode. Um, right, there might be the one before it. I can't remember. To get to get rid of the tracker. Yes. Also, she does the nasty with Rios. I think that's this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that struck me. <laughs> I was struck by the nasty. All right. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, I actually watched the next episode. We won't talk about that. There's some things in there that I thought were interesting. And then, um, then there's the, the, the sword guy who's just like tearing it up on the board cube. Yeah. They left him behind too. Which yeah. Is, but uh, isn't that isn't that in the next episode, not this episode? It's in both. He, they leave him behind in that episode because okay. that's when they make the jump. Actually, it might be two back when they make the jump, and then they're on the planet. He's still on the Borg ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what next episode's going to focus on somewhat because uh, on the Ready Room episode, I'm talking about that little preview from the following episode, and I thought, man, that was a great preview because it shows uh, him fighting a bunch of Borg. And then uh, just about to get himself wiped out. He's just got too many folks that he's fighting. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, lasers, a laser starts coming and shooting people and so forth and helping him out. And then it panned, the camera pans over and it's uh, seven of nine showing up again. And uh, she, well, now you're spoiling next week. But, for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I mean, it's, it's it, like I say, it's, it's just in the preview that they put out anyway. And oh. just, just to see him come up and give her a, a big hug and, and it's, it's so funny to watch her reaction to it. He's hugging her just like, oh, you, you know, you're my, you're, I can't believe you're here. And I'm, I've been trying to fend for myself and some other person that I recognize is here. And she's like, okay, okay. And she's trying, you should do one of those things where you're got somebody hugging you and you're kind of trying to comfort them and yet you feel awkward about it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice little humorous piece that is added there. And and like I say, probably the best little preview I've ever seen that makes you go, wow, I have to watch it. So, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, the whole series is getting into a really exciting part of uh, Picard and where they're going. And, and uh, I think we're in the close to the end. What, what are we on? Episode seven. I think there's only nine, 10 episodes. I can't remember. 10. So, so yeah, we're in that home stretch where it's really going to pick up here and get really interesting. And I've already watched the next one because I thought we were covering it this week. So yeah, that's great. Um, but we shall see. <laughs> to see what happens if, if, Slide if it's that gonna, one, maybe. But go ahead. What are you saying, Bob? I wonder if it's going to twist if Soji's actually the destroyer. I don't know. I can't tell you that because they're setting it. They're kind of setting it up. So she, you know, the most boring thing was that she would go and save our family. But they may it may twist. I don't know. Yeah, you guys probably know because you've seen it. I, I still don't know. <laughs> I, I'm still still trying to figure it out. You know, it's like yeah, I, exactly. I've, I've watched them four times and, and I'm still not quite sure. Yeah, it feels like it takes kind of a left turn in the last few episodes or something, if I remember right. Yeah, it, it, yeah. From from this point on, it kind of changes from the way the way it's been. The right. whole rest of the time now it's it's it kind of goes into a new area where right you never really found some revelations that kind of take us in a different direction uh and i'm happy with the direction it, it just kind of i wasn't expecting it because yeah. usually in discovery it sort of goes ka-chunk 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 and you just it would just work your way through and you're like okay i totally see where we're going here whereas this one decides oh let for fun let's have a little left turn here and surprise people and that's kind of cool so um yeah i i'm really enjoying the picard series I'm, I'm enjoying it probably more the second time watching it even than i did the first time so um because it, you know i was thinking maybe after episode four or whatever we would switch over to some to watching uh discovery uh season three but uh bob wanted to keep going and i was like let's keep going that's a good idea so uh, yeah i'm enjoying it what do you think jim you're uh, I, I I don't know if you're watching every episode again or not. I've yeah. most of them again. Uh, are you enjoying it as much the second time through or more? Or what, yeah, you... yeah, yeah, I am. It, it, you know, I I the first time through a lot of the stuff, you know, I was kind of like, well, yeah, this is not so great or whatever. It's it's yeah. okay. It's a, it's a Star Trek story, and and but you know, I, I find that this second time through, I'm actually enjoying it and liking it better than I did the first time. 
through, I think. Right. I 100% agree. And I, for me, it might be because the first time through, I was going, well, this isn't like discovery. This isn't like discovery. And so in your brain, you're sort of like, um, oh, is it just a, a poor man's version of discovery or something? Where in reality, it's it's a totally different thing. And you have to look at it as a t- completely different series and kind of jettison what discovery is and just enjoy Picard for what it is. And Picard is not next generation and it's not discovery and it's not, it's its own entity. And, and what I'm finding with these um, Paramount shows, whatever CBS All Access shows that <laughs> they used to be, um, is that each one you have to not compare them to each other, but just enjoy it for what it is. They're, they're all, they've done a great job of making them all really different from each other. Whereas we're used to next generation was very similar to deep space nine, which was very similar to Voyager. All of those, you could see how they live together, how that's the same universe and everything with these, they're different time frames. They're, they're animated. They're not animated. They're uh, with heroes from the past like Picard. And uh, I, I just think we have to enjoy them each for what they are. And I think I'm, I'm glad they're doing it this new way where they're all different. Um, and I guess they're going to all be in different time frames, aren't they? Now that I think about it, even, even the, cause this, this discovery crew has abandoned their original time frame and now are completely different time frame. And when uh, uh, Pike series takes off, it's going to, take over this discovery's old time frame uh right and but they're all going to be in different places the uh what, what's the what's the cartoon one called again lower decks. Lower, decks. lower decks and lower decks takes place just a little while after the original next generation i believe so is, is kind of its time frame i think um well and they have that new one that did you see the the sneak peek of the new one it's called Data and the, and the Seven of Nine. It's, <laughs> but it's going to be over on Disney Plus. It's yeah. one that they're going to run over there. <laughs> and they're going to interview, introduce the mutants over there, I believe, and the X-Men yeah. will join them. And, yeah, yeah. and the Scarlet Witch is going to join them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Data Wolverine fight doesn't last long, but it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the Scarlet Witch that's going to recreate Star Trek instead of sitcoms. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She's going to start. So start on, you know, the, uh, the uh, Enterprise uh, bridge, you know, you'll see her sitting there, you know, her as spot or something like that, you know, and later episodes will be, you know, on Voyager as Janeway or something. <laughs> well, I will say... Uh, I would take a uh, seven of, I guess now she's just called seven, right? I think they yeah. dropped a nine part. Because the, the other eight are came gone. up with a series called Star Trek Seven, I'd be on board and I'd watch that thing because I, I, I find her acting really interesting, really well done in this series. So. I don't know. I find her more wooden. I'm not a big fan of her acting personally, but. Okay. That's up to you. I do. I, I've. I, I won't say detest. I, it's the closest I have to detesting a, a Star Trek character was her appearances in Voyager. They just never did anything for me. I never liked her acting in Voyager. I, I didn't like the fact that they sort of brought her in as, oh, we need that. Let's sexy it up and bring in this this which which is a bizarre thing to say if you're in the writers' room going, let's sexy it up by bringing in a Borg. <laughs> <laughs> He's not very sexy in that first episode, but then all of a sudden, by the end of the episode or the beginning of the next one, I can't remember. It's like, oh, wow, with the implants gone, she's she's a babe. <laughs> and, and I remember, you know, during Halloween time when Voyager first came out, you know, the the slutty Borg was the, the, the costume. <laughs> Everybody, you know, all the women were, you know, oh, I've got to be the slutty Borg this year. And and well, Jim, you made an amazing slutty Borg back in. Uh, well, that is true. Ninety five or whatever it was when you dressed up as that. That's, that's true. I was just ahead of my time. You were. You were. <laughs> anyway, the uh, uh, but but like I say, 
her revisiting the character, I am really enjoying it. To me, that does work. I know that it, I just heard Jim say it didn't work for him, but I would not have thought it would work for me. Um, and I think last time or one of the earlier times I talked about it, but her interview, the ready room that she's on, which is a couple episodes ago uh, with Will Wheaton, is really insightful as to her and how, how she had to prepare to do the character and the way she, she, she was ready to quit. She was ready to not take the role because she could not figure out how to get her voice back to what the character's voice is. Not, not by voice, I mean... Persona, I mean the whole the whole putting the character on she felt like she couldn't do it whereas I thought it was really interesting because in this particular episode uh, of Ready Room with with Brent Spiner they ask him the same question about how hard was it to get prepared for the role and and now I think about Jonathan Frakes too so it's kind of an inner to have all those maybe I'll cut them all all those pieces out and put them all together it'd be interesting to have them back to back to all talk about how they got into character because um, Frank said he was scared. He hadn't done he hadn't done much acting. He'd done directing for years, and to try and get back into this character, and it wasn't so much the character for him. It was the fact that he thought he was going to let down Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. and that he he's the Patrick Stewart is at the top of his game in this whole series. And uh, to was he going to be able to match that level of performance and pull it off? He wasn't sure. And so he was going, do you guys really want to do this? And, and really thinking it through. Because originally they just um, were having him as director. And after he directed the first couple episodes, they approached him and said, you know, do you, uh, would you be willing to be Riker for an episode? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I could pull that off and, you know, live up to Picard and all that. But he said, you know, on set and everything, it totally came together and it worked. Um, As far as Data, they asked uh, Brent Spiner the same thing about playing Data. And he said, to be honest, you know, it it takes longer to put the makeup on than it does for me to get into the role of of Data. It's, It's like it's there always and I just snap and I'm Data. And, uh, and, and that's totally believable. And, and the fact that a number of actors have said once they, if they a prosthetic side of, sort of actor, once they put their like wharf back on, on, on uh, Michael Dorn, it's like, oh, I'm, it, it, it like takes them there to back to what that character was and immediately they can act that character. Now for, for um, seven and nine uh, for, What's your name in place seven and nine again? Help me again. Somebody? Anybody? Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yes, Jerry Seinfeld, who plays seven and nine. Uh, the- <laughs> Jerry something else. We, yeah. we got a fact checker. I'm sure Bob is checking right now. Bob, Bob check away. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Jer- well, Jerry Jerry something. Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan. There you go. So Jerry Ryan um, said that that for her to get into it, she started playing old episodes and not like a, like a bunch of episodes, like three episodes. <laughs> she played them over and over and over again and learned the dialogue, learned the, and, and would say it along with the character as she's doing these episodes. So essentially reacting out the episodes. And she said, after she did that, it took her, you know, a weeks, I think is what it sounds like. She felt like, Okay, now I've got the character, and now I can can imagine her in the future and what she might sound like and be like. And so for her, it was a lot more work. But I thought she did a great. I thought she did a great job. Jim thinks she still sucks, but that's uh, that's just Jim's opinion, which we know is not always the best of opinions. We very much got him here out of a kindness that we have for for him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, Bob. Uh, you got anything? You got anything else? Uh, anything else about the episode? I'm trying to think back. That <clears throat> was a couple of weeks ago. I think I watched that. Okay. Um, I think well, that's anything else about the series. What do you? Th- what? What was your feeling about seeing uh, Riker, seeing Troy? I mean, did it kind of for you? Was it like kind of an old home week where you're going, "Oh wow, seeing these guys together is great," or was it, you know? just another episode i don't know i don't know how what your feeling is and i don't know how vested you were into next generation when it was on either bob so yeah i watched 
Yeah. Probably most of it. Yeah, no, it was great to see them back together. Yeah. I, I'm glad they were able to – I was worried they weren't going to be able to pull it off. It was going to get super cheese ball, but it actually came off pretty good. I thought so, too. So, I mean, and I thought Riker just – the when he embraced Picard, I, to me that just – it just felt like what his character would do. And it just felt like there had been growth in his character, that he was more comfortable with himself. Throughout the whole series of Next Generation, I always felt like he was trying to live up to Picard or prove himself as worthy of being a captain or whatever. And he just felt like now he was self-actualized and like he he was in his comfort zone. And and he and Troy felt like they had a real relationship. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, Jim, what what about you with the the whole seeing them again? Was it did it did it bring back a feelings of, of, of like, Oh wow, this is bring back all this nostalgia of next generation and things, or I don't know. A, a little bit. I mean, I, I found it a little, a little cheesy, I guess, but, but, you know, it was, it was definitely an enjoyable episode. You know, I wasn't, yeah. you know, it was kind of, kind of torn, you know, yeah. like, but, but, but it was good. It was, it was a good episode. Even, even though I had some apprehensions, you know, it was, it was nice to see the characters and maybe where they had, they wound up yep, and, and that type of thing. But then uh, also at the same time, I found it a little cheesy. Right. But well, and, and I'll throw out this a uh, little cheesy on pizza with a little cheesy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's pizza. There's cheese. You gotta, you you pizza. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you got pizza. They embrace the cheese. Pizza, right? <laughs> but, but no, what I, what I was going to say was hearing um, Riker, uh, Jonathan Frakes talk about being in the episode and and what it meant to him and everything that that's a powerful thing that he shared about that um i he also shared some interesting insight just in the episode itself that he thought it was well done in that they they it it made it feel like we're not telling picard he picard is essentially coming to them and saying i'm in over my head i i don't know exactly what to do and things, which uh, Reich, which uh, Jonathan Frakes was saying, in the original series, the character would have never done that. Their version of that version of Picard, that younger version of Picard, would have never done that. But this Picard series has introduced a whole vulnerability to him that we hadn't had before, and uh, and I think that came out in this episode. And the fact that they don't really give him a solution or pat him on the back and say you can do this, it, it's essentially like, hey, you can stay here as long as you want. We're sort of a, a respite for you. We're a chance for you to, to regather yourself before you head off. And we hope it goes well for you, you know, but we can't really give you much advice. This is, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Um, and I think that that was, an was a very appropriate, well done piece. And what you would think would happen if you go to, because uh, I, th I think anyone can relate to this of, of your life's kind of off the rails and you go to your safe place, whether that's your family or your friends or whatever, and try and get that support. And then you go off and, and finish your journey or do what you have to do. And that's where this goes from here. And I think uh, for this, for that being what this episode is about, it works really, really well. So, but I guess, I guess we'll leave it essentially at that other than to say, uh, the very beginning of the episode, before we find out that it's Riker and Troy are in it, when we get introduced to their child first, is a really cool way to to get into this, and you start to realize, oh, it's going to be Troy. I think it's going to be Riker and Troy that are just showing up, you know. And uh, uh, Will Wheaton, it was really interesting to hear his take on that, and that he's like, he's like, I, he said, you know, for him, he he just started to cry because it's like it's going to be Troy. It's going to be Riker. It's going to be, you know, and I thought that was really cool. Um, Friends of Will Wheaton coming on. What was, when I, I hear he might come on second season um, to, to do an episode. I mean, he's kicking around their lot doing all their red room shows. So he's there. So I wouldn't be surprised. They used, he actually used, he was in Nemesis had a part. It's so frustrating when they do this. He had a part, uh, for whatever reason, they cut it all out essentially. So you, there's a shot of the wedding scene where he's in with. You can see him sitting at the table, 
but he never gets a line of dialogue, never gets anything. It's like it's like maybe five seconds or ten seconds he's on screen or something, and that's it. But well, as long as he gets the paycheck, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how it goes. He's he's probably done the most of turning his time in Star Trek Next Generation into other career things while Tied into not, his fandom for yeah, that so exactly get. while not actually playing the character anymore you know yes. it's like because like, i don't i know how many people want him back yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's that's what's funny about hearing them talk about how they say something about how well loved the series is and how well loved all their characters are and i'm like yeah not so much will <laughs> <laughs> your character wasn't quite as loved as these other two characters that you're talking to, but uh, it was no one pointed that out. I was I was waiting for Brent Spiner to go. Well, you know, some of us are loved more than others. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope everybody enjoys uh, this this episode. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. Um, uh, we're all enjoying Picard a lot, and uh, it'll be fun to talk about future episodes. So thanks, everybody. And uh, Jim, though, I continue to completely disagree with you on almost everything. It's always good to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> See everybody next time. All right. Hey nerds, I'm Will Wheaton and this is The Ready Room, your official behind-the-scenes hub for all things Star Trek Universe. This week, I'm having a family reunion. Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner are here to talk about William Riker and Data's return to Star Trek Picard, including the most recent episode, Nepenthe. Now at this point, you know the drill. Put a spoiler warning here, watch Star Trek Picard, there, uh, wherever you are, then come back and watch me. Okay? Great. You're back. I missed you. A little bit later, we have an exclusive clip from next week's episode of Star Trek Picard. But before we get to any of that, we have an inside look at what went into bringing Riker and Deanna Troy back to television in this week's installment of Producing Picard. Control room, engage. When we meet Riker and Troy again, for the first time in a long time. They've retired from Starfleet. They lived that life um, for several years until they got a bad diagnosis for their son, Thad. He had contracted an incurable illness. The child died of a silicon-based disease, and because research had stopped on synthetics, there was no cure anymore. So had the research continued, had there not been a ban on synthetics, their child might have lived because there might have been a cure. The word nepenthe is a Greek word. It refers to a sort of mythical cure for heartbreak, sorrow, and illness. And even though they weren't able to cure bad physically, they have found a certain amount of healing emotionally living together. This beautiful, small, painful, emotional story ties into the larger plot in a way that's profound. Picard comes to them on a wild impulse. He and Soji are in great danger. Picard goes to the planet seeking help, I think seeking counsel, seeking, I think someone who he knows to tell him to keep going. He says, thank you for not talking me out of it. And Riker says, oh, I know better. But I think in his gut, he doesn't want to be talked out of it. You know, he wants someone who says, I get it. I understand, yes, you have to keep going. The other thing that Picard really comes to learn from them, and it's really nice to see the evolution of the relationship between them from Next Gen to Picard, is that in many ways he was the captain and now he's the one who's out of control. Now you're dealing with a teenager, more or less. That can be an extremely humbling experience. Frankly, I'm not sure you're up to it. Perhaps I'm not. These two people who love him very dearly are able to point out to him that in dealing with Soji, he's never been a father before and he's really bad at it. And he's treating Soji like a, another officer on his ship and he's no longer the captain and she doesn't work for him and he's gotta wake up to that reality. They teach him in so many ways about parenthood and that is the biggest lesson he learns down on that planet. And it's lovely because they have gone through their own painful lessons about parenthood. So it feels very much like they're able to pass this information on to Picard. 
I am sitting down with my two dads. Uh, I am joined today by Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner, William Riker, and Lieutenant Commander Data, respectively. You guys, thank you for making time to come and sit with us today. I'm so happy you're here. Well, please. The We're, feeling's mutual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of how things have turned out for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So am I. And in the reboot, you will be playing Riker, I can see. Uh, that's the plan. Yeah. That's what I have been told. You'll trim this part down and you'll be good. All right. Um, I would like to know, and I presume the audience would like to know, how Picard was pitched to each of you. Oh. Hmm. You want to start? Uh, I'll start. I was asked to come and direct the show. Okay. I was thrilled to have been asked. I pitched them. I said, shouldn't I be directing the show? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they gave me a couple of episodes. And... About halfway through the season, someone whispered to me, we'd like you also to come back and play Riker. And that was not part of the plan for the season because I had okay. heard the pitch of the whole season. Yeah. And I said, are you sure? And I got incredibly nervous. because Really? I, I had just directed Patrick in two episodes uh -huh. and he was on fire, as yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Never been better. Yeah. And Marina Sertes, who plays Counselor Troy, my wife on Next Generation, right. had just starred right. in a play on the West End. So yeah. her acting muscles were, and I had this fear that I was going to get buried by my friends. That's so interesting. Same here. That's exactly what happened with me. They told you directed me, a couple I, of told episodes. They told me I was going to direct a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. I, said, Dude, I thought no. you were. I thought you had read to play Picard. Well, what happened was they they called me. They said we we're doing this new show, uh, Star Trek. Picard. And I, I asked, is there anyone... Who's playing Picard? Right. Yeah, that's a reasonable question. They said they already had someone. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I... Actually, let me pr take this back, actually. We had dinner with Patrick. You weren't there, but the rest of us were. Yeah. Uh, you weren't there either. I also wasn't there. Yeah. We were oh. busy that night. Well, mm -hmm. maybe it was just me and Patrick. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, no, everyone else from the cast was there. Dorn and, and Marina and Gates and um, LeVar and... and, and so Patrick took us all to dinner to tell us about the show. Yes. <clears throat> he had already been to Vegas and announced on stage that he was doing the show, but he, um, he, he told us that night, it is called Picard, and you will not be in it. <laughs> you know, basically, uh, it was that, that it was a new story, yeah. that it was not Next Generation. Yep. It was, you know, a new, a new tale that took uh -huh. place. What had happened to Picard, what was going to happen from that point on. Uh, after that, I got a phone call from the producers. <laughs> I was very surprised, uh, given what Patrick had said, <laughs> and uh, uh, saying, well, can you come in and meet with us? And so I went in and I talked to them, and they said, you know, that the season had something to do with Data, and it would be really nice if I could play Data a little bit. And um, given who was asking me to do that, uh, that it was, Alex Kurtzman and, and uh, Akiva Goldsman and Michael Shabon, uh, uh, the pedigree was just beyond belief. Who was I to say no? And uh, also, uh, I felt like the fans kind of deserved it in a way that, that if they had heard that I was asked to come and do that and I said no, I don't think that would have gone down very well. It feels to me like... Um there are going to be these opportunities uh, if Picard goes on for multiple seasons yeah. to sort of catch up with everybody. But I've always felt that Picard needs to stand on its own. Oh yeah. That that and uh, like my wife Anne is not a Star Trek fan, but she's crazy about Picard. Just yeah. loves it. And I'm hearing this over and over and over yeah, again from a lot of places. that 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 now that this is now accessible to an audience even broader than the audience that watched us 30 yeah. years ago. Don't you think that the audience? was inclined to like and love Picard in a way yes. that was not true of our show, was not true of Discovery, was Absolutely. not necessarily true of J.J.'s films. That this, I remember when we started, that the audience was so, so dedicated to the Kirk, Spock, and Bones that they were skeptical and somewhat hostile. And, yeah. and, the, and Discovery had the same thing because they had grown to like us and, and uh, J.J.'s team. And, but with Picard, the audience was completely open to the idea and hungry for it. Yeah. They wanted to see him. They wanted to see where he's been and what he's been doing. And he's and never been better. Yeah, he's no, he's on fantastic. fire in the show. Uh, I have talked to virtually everyone that's worked uh, on Picard, and I keep hearing these stories that just that I, I feel like we took Patrick from thirty years ago yeah. and just 
dropped him in right here. He's the same guy. Yeah. The same. The same humor. The 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 same. You disagree? Only to it. No. I'll, go ahead. You go. He has the same humor. Right. He has the same uh, presence. The gravitas. Um, yeah. The gravitas. There is a. There's a whole new sense. Of vulnerability. Uh, uh, yes, vulnerability. Yes, yes, absolutely it's vulnerability. It's a yes. great color, a great club in his bag now. So you've gotten to see that directing him. Yeah. You've directed some episodes of Discovery. I have done. And you've directed some episodes of Picard. And I imagine because the tone of each show is so different, really? approaching it as a director has to be very different. Would you talk about that? Well, Discovery is, in many ways, more like our show was. It's big, action-packed. It's based on a number of relationships and how they intermingle, and they're on a mission, or many missions. This season is completely a different animal, and it's much more joyful. But there was a lot of, there was a lot going on in that show visually, and it's it's very cinematic. Not that Picard isn't. Picard, as you know, is a much more internal story based on Picard's feelings about data and about where he is in his life, and it's being doled out in this beautiful, elegant way that doesn't rely on uh, cinematic tricks and explosions. And it's, they're, they're two, they're really two different animals and they're both, uh, it's very exciting to go back and forth. Your first episode of Picard was Free Cloud, right? No, it was called Absolute Candor. Absolute Candor, yes, right. Yes, what a great phrase. You know right. about this? Mm -hmm. he, uh, he saved this group of nuns from the Romulan invasion and he put them up in this banyan tree where they live. Yeah. And he was, they're sort of his confidants. It's where he got his, uh, that's where, it's where Elnor, come, where comes, Elnor comes from. Elnor, Elnor, Elnor was and they raised. practice, among other things, they practice absolute candor, which right. is, can you imagine? Yeah. No, I read it. I read it. I just wanted to hear you tell it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you weren't in it, though. I, I wish you had been. No, I, I never got to direct Data. Let's talk about Data for a minute. Okay. Um, you talked about, Johnny, you talked about how nervous you were. Um, and you haven't played Data in like 18 years or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Was it a challenge to find him again? Does he still kind of always live in you? I, I think he does, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think it took longer to get into the makeup than it did to get into character. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, There's a soundbite for you. There yeah. you go. <laughs> it took longer to get in the makeup than it did to get in the character. I can say it the same way every time. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was like putting on an old comfortable pair of shoes, really, yeah. you know? And to be sitting across from uh, Patrick you know, looking at each other, looking at these characters, you yeah. know, uh, it was like nothing had changed. It was uh, great. I was there when they, they <coughs> taped you know, the, uh, really? the poker scene, and Akiva and Michael were just like giddy. It was, so, it was a very exciting it was, moment for everybody. It really was, yeah. It was really emotional for me. Mm. It was so emotional for me to watch you and Patrick yeah. uh, in 10 me forward. Too. I absolutely had the same reaction. I felt stage eight mm -hmm. in my heart. Yep. I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> while I talk about it yeah. right now. It just reminded me of just how special it was to to be in in just to be there yeah. and and to to bring it all to bring it all back. Uh, just to see him in his uniform, you yeah. know, because he isn't in the uniform from Next Generation for most of uh, right. Picard. But when he, he had that uniform on, it just it, yeah, it was like. No time had passed. It was really... And he still doesn't know how to play poker. No. No, he doesn't at all. <laughs> and it really... He makes a string raise. Come on, you can't do that exactly. in poker. It's against yeah. the rules! See? And raise. The episode that we have just seen is Nepenthe, I believe, is what the name of your planet is? Nepal. Nepal. Come on. How would you say it? Napafe. Okay, <laughs> you guys are not helping. <laughs> it's the planet that we've chosen to go to. <laughs> yes. Because it has, in, uh, it reinvigorates life, allegedly. Oh, okay. You'll, oh, they've seen the episode. They have seen the episode. Right. So yeah. we went there because our son was sick. And unfortunately, we got there too late. And it's so, so, so sad. This character that we've never seen, that we've only heard about, but because we love Riker and Troy so much, we feel their loss like it happened on camera. You just got, how about Marina? She's so good in this. Oh. When I watched this episode, I didn't know we were going to see Riker and Troy. And 
they we get close and 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 their daughter is is running to the house and I turned to Anne and I and like I just started to cry and I said it's 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 Riker and Troy it's, <laughs> it's their house they live together they have a family I was so excited and I, I was it emotional for you oh god yes very and uh, wonderfully so did you have conversations with Marina about the interim between the last time we saw Riker and Troy and now? Did you guys work on that? That like we acknowledge that there's a long time that has been, that's elapsed since well, the last time we saw them? Interestingly, we, we, we talked about our family and the, the loss of the son was quite obvious. Yeah. And we didn't have to do any more work than that sure. to mention it. And um, we actually loved the idea that we lived out in the woods yeah. And she had a garden and I was making pizza in the house. We loved that we weren't in our spacesuits. We loved that we had a wonderful, brilliant, funny daughter. We, 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 uh, yeah, it was great to be back with her and with Patrick. It was quite memorable. It, um, it's one of those moments that I feel like is going to be very special to fandom, mm -hmm. but we are part of a really small club mm -hmm. that experiences it in this very, specific way mm -hmm. but you were just talking about your reaction to the show and I think because and I know that it's it's very much like mine and I, I know you don't have any feelings so you don't really correct yeah I think that's what the fans are feeling I hope I so I, I'm, maybe not to the I extent but but I think the reality of, of what you've described is so accurate yeah that that is uh, I think that's what's reached out to the fans and that's why they were in, inclined to like it that's why the show is doing so well. I mean, the writing is obviously genius, and it's Patrick's genius, yeah. and the cast is genius. But the show is working because of, of this, I think. I agree. I think that the, what I've read, uh, the feedback from the fans almost entirely, has been just so affectionate and so, um, like, like they've been given a gift. Mm. And, and it, it feels it, that it way. It feels yeah. that way to me, too. Yeah. Um, so much of season one story arc centers around Data's daughter. Mm -hmm. um, did did you know that was coming uh, when they talked to you about being part of the show? No, uh, not at all. I, I knew uh, Patrick had mentioned to me that the broad story had to do with his feelings of loss uh, for Data. Um, and it might be... Uh, I don't know, egotistical of me that to, to feel that I think that that all shows uh, should be about data. Uh, I, I don't know. Is that too much? No, uh, I think it's that, I mean, no. not just all Star Trek shows, no, just all, all television. Shows, yeah. yeah, maybe uh, features too. I, you know. My staff really wants me to ask you this question: <coughs> Is Riker the premier jazz trombonist on Nepenthe? Interestingly enough, Riker's still playing the trombone. Yeah, not well. Yeah, but loud. <laughs> He could be the so only just like old times. trombone player. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was, when I played on the show, you know this story, uh, if, it, if it sounded like a regular guy, it was me. But when he sounded like he really knew what he was doing, it was this yeah. wonderful player. Jack named, Sheldon? No, Bill Watrous. Oh, Jack Sheldon Watrous. played trumpet. Right, right, right. It was Bill Watrous who is no longer with us, but he was spectacular. He made Riker look so cool. I have had the distinct pleasure of sitting with some of the new cast members, some mm -hmm. of the, and, and the new members of our family. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, uh, you have gotten to direct some of them. And you, in a way, get to introduce Star Trek to new members of our family who have no idea what how they're, their they're life is changing. Yes. Yeah. They just don't know, and I've tried to communicate it. Your life is going to be so different in such a cool way, and I can see that they don't understand. Did you feel a sense of responsibility? Absolutely. Did either of you feel a sense of responsibility? Didn't you find that they wanted the to know about what it was going to be like? Yeah. Yeah. Abs yeah absolutely. Same thing happened on Discovery. Yeah. They, it was wonderful to meet all these actors. The Discovery cast reminds me a lot of our cast as well. I've met a few of them, yeah. and I get that sense yeah. too. And the same, everything was, everybody was so excited to be on both shows to be part of this, but not really sure what it meant. Right. Not that I was ever sure what it was no. going to mean either, but it was... But it, it, it really a, is the most wonderful fraternity of people. Yeah. And uh, if you're... Uh, from every show, from every, uh, every one of the shows, we all know each other, we're all friends, uh, 
it's really quite amazing. And, and it is amazing to be part of this incredible thing. You know, I think I've said it before. I think uh, Star Trek is the great American epic. And um, to be part of that, you know, uh, American cultural phenomenon is, is something else. And it's rebooted. That's yeah. what's amazing. What Kurtzman and Akiva and Shaban have done is elevated to an entirely new level. So um, out of that comes this question. Talk to me about making pizza on Nepenthe. Oh, very strange modern thing to be doing. Like, uh, have you seen the Romulan woman who wears? They're great. They're fantastic. Yeah. She went Ray-Bans. And um, Shabon answers a series of these questions. And the pizza is just another, of course there's pizza ovens in whatever century we're in. I mean, it looks like a great Neapolitan pizza oven. It sure is. And the tomatoes are coming out of our garden, or the tomatoes, yeah. depending on who you're feeding. Yeah. Some things are eternal. Yes. Right? Yeah. And some design is eternal. That's what uh, Shabon's point was. Oh, I love that. Knives, books. Mm. The young actor who plays your daughter is brilliant. Oh. She's great. Have you seen it no, yet? No. She's incredible. And I was so excited that Riker and Troy have a family. I know. And I said to Anne, that little girl is exactly who their child would be. She's a wild girl of the woods. Yeah. That's what she yeah, calls herself. Was, yeah, I, love, I loved that. I thought that was wonderful. Um, you've talked a little bit about the fan reaction to the show mm -hmm. and how different it is from the fan reaction to us when we started. People came to love us. Mm -hmm. And I felt that there was a reaction in fandom to some of the post-Next Generation shows that was similar to the reaction to us, yeah. which was, well, if you're not Next Generation, I'm not watching you. And, that, and, and I, I feel like this, this particular chapter in the telling of the Star Trek story is the first time it has ever given fans exactly what they want without being fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did the fans know what they wanted? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I think one of the reasons this show is so successful is because the expectation, it was clear there was not going to be a, a next-gen show. Yeah. And whatever that meant to our core audience could have been, you know, it's a different, you see things, you know, yeah, differently yeah, through different yeah. lenses. And I, I think it was the excitement and the anticipation of the unknown if you will, yeah. that made, made people want to see it. And then when they delivered this fascinating, mysterious, dense story, everybody was relieved and surprised and continues to be. I mean, the, 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 uh, the plot is being doled out in a yeah. really exciting way. I mean, you were surprised. Totally Yeah, surprised. I was surprised. Brilliantly surprised. At the, uh, at the end of this episode, Picard is getting ready to take the next step of his journey. Riker has figured out exactly what's going on, which is a great scene. I love it when Riker just sits down. Oh, he speculates like, about the, uh, yeah. Yeah, let me tell you exactly what's going on. You with don't you have to answer any questions, me. but here's what I think yeah, is going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you think Riker feels about seeing his former captain now under these circumstances? Riker knows where he's going. What does that do to him, how how does he how does he feel about that? I think just the fact that Picard shows up in our home and confesses to Troy and Riker, I'm over my head. I'm in over my head, yeah. and I need your help. Which is so, Picard would never said that mm, in, in yeah, our yeah. show no. ever. Yeah. So that again, that vulnerability makes it. And we, hopefully, we were helping. We said to him, you can stay as long as you want. And he says, oh, I don't want to put you in danger. All these things are part of the, of the story. And as he's leaving with your daughter, it is, uh, it's not, it doesn't feel like a conclusion at all to me. Mm -hmm. I, it feel, I know that Marina and I were feeling the same thing, that we, I hope we helped. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you were here. I'm glad you chose us to confide in and come for whatever we could provide. But it, uh, it, it certainly didn't feel like it was wrapped up and bowed. There's a great moment where Issa does this data oh, head tilt. She throws and it. it's perfect. perfect. It yeah, is she, she, I absolutely said, yeah. perfect. Did you talk with her at all about data and about mannerisms? No, I didn't. Uh, but she watched a lot of Next Gen. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, it was like LOL. 
when Hallie Todd played right. yeah. Data's daughter on the show. But that was her decision on her own without me. I mean, she watched the show, and she, you know, she's a wonderful actress. And she really is. It was fact, just enough, wasn't it? It was exactly, it was yeah. They all are. They're all really, what a really talented. It's, yeah. it's a great cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great place for us to leave it. Uh, I think you're right. They are a great cast. And I cannot tell you how much it means to me to sit down with the two of you today here on this show. Just it means so much to me. And I'm just so happy to be sharing this time with you. Thank you. Uh, love being here with you, Will. You're fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> I call you Will. Is that all You right? may. Yes. Thank w you. W.W. That works too. Okay. Yeah. After serving on the USS Enterprise, William T. Riker went on to captain his own starship. That starship was called A, the USS Titan, B, the USS Pegasus, C, the USS Europa, D, the USS Olympus. Don't boldly go anywhere. The answer is coming up. I don't know about you, but this week's episode of Star Trek Picard made me a little hungry. For our next segment, we have some never-before-seen, behind-the-scenes footage of the actual making of Riker's bunny corn pizza, so you can make your own pie at home. It will, of course, not have a bunny corn on it because bunny corns aren't real. But pizza is, check it out. Pizza with tomato basil and non-venomous bunny corn sausage. Sounds wonderful. I'm yelling! Smell that. And Tyrian basil. Mm. Grows like weeds around here. <laughs> it tastes so real. Nicely done. You cut out the venom sacks. Nope, I left them in so we can all spew black bile and die. Dinner is served. After serving on the USS Enterprise, William T. Riker went on to captain his own starship. That starship was called A, the USS Titan, B, the USS Pegasus, C, the USS Europa, D, the USS Olympus. And the answer is A, the USS Titan. The Titan was a Luna-class starship named after a moon of Saturn. Now, I know what you are thinking. Will Wheaton, seven days is a long time to wait for new episodes of Star Trek Picard. I hear you, and I can't do anything to make time move faster, you guys. That's Wesley Crusher's gig, not mine. But I've got your back. Here's an exclusive sneak peek at next week's episode entitled Broken Pieces. Check it out. Thank you so much for joining us here today in the Ready Room. 
I will be back next week to chat with Jerry Ryan and Jonathan Del Arco about Star Trek Picard Episode 8, Broken Pieces. Until then, I'm Will Wheaton. Live long and prosper.